Welcome to Millennial Money Minutes, where we tackle tough personal finance topics in five minutes or less. With your host, Grant from MillennialMoney.com and Matt from DistilledDollar.com. Hey everyone, we're super stoked. We have a very, very honored guest who we've wanted to get on the podcast pretty much since we started uh, started it. Um, we have Bobby uh, from MillennialMoneyMan.com. So uh, Bobby is... Gosh, hands down, one of the most inspiring uh, personal finance bloggers in the game today. Thanks for being here. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Hey, so uh, Bobby, your story starts off as being a teacher, and I know you've written about it a lot before. But you know, kind of take us back to those early days of you know just coming out of school with student loans, and you know, kind of like take us back to what were your money like habits like back then? <laughs> oh, the early days. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any money habits. I was, uh, <laughs> when I graduated from college, I had a music education degree and, uh, I was going to be a band director in Texas, which in, in Texas, which is kind of weird because football's so big in Texas, the band programs are really big. So <laughs> there's, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of opportunity. Like every school, all the big schools have like three or four band directors. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity for those kind of jobs. Um, but I didn't, didn't necessarily have any financial savvy or anything like that. I had forty thousand dollars of student loan debt, and uh, I was just you know, I was just going to make the minimum payment, kind of like <laughs> what everybody thinks they're supposed to do. And it's it's really interesting because I, the reason I decided to pay it off, I paid off that amount in eighteen months, was I met a an older guy that is a family friend of my wife's. We went water skiing. Uh, that's that's one of the things that we do a lot. We go boating a lot. And uh, I met this guy that's he was a he had a pool company, but he was a multimillionaire. He he invested a ton of money into the stock market back in two thousand eight, and obviously that's probably gone pretty well for him. So he, I told him I was going to do my student loans, like just making minimum payments, because he kind of was asking me about it. And I just he was like, "No, you're not." <laughs> he just told me, "No, you're going to make the biggest payments that you can." And I didn't know him that well at the time, but I was like, you know, this guy knows a lot. And he's he's rich, so I need to I need to hang out with him and talk to him a lot. So we became really good friends, and so he's he's one of my best friends. He's he's sixty two years old, yeah, uh, and he's like, he's like my mentor. Like I mean, and I've just met so many more people like him, and he just you know he really just kind of laid it out for me. Like, hey, you need to make the biggest payments you can. You got to keep your living expenses low, and so I did. And uh, that's probably one of the best decisions I ever made. And it. I didn't even realize how impactful that was at the time I was doing it. I was just kind of like going along with it because I didn't know any better. So my wife and I decided to rent a 10 by 10 bedroom from her parents, <laughs> which looking back on that is like, uh, I can't even imagine living in a 10 by 10 room, wow, yeah. much less, you know, like with your, with your in-laws, but <laughs> That's commitment. you know, it was commitment. You know, it, it was, it was kind of a, a dual situation a little bit in that her dad, my wife's father, uh, was very sick. He had a he had a terminal illness called IBM, which is inclusion body myositis. So they needed help, kind of caring for him at the time. And so it, it really turned into a win win uh, because I was able to throw, you know, as much money as I possibly could at my student loans, uh, and we were able to kind of be there for for him and for you know as he kind of progressed and eventually passed away. So, uh, so you know that was that was really. Then I paid off the student loans in, in eighteen months, and then. Uh, I started Millennial Money Man very shortly after that, and I started it on a Medium blog post, or just like you know Medium.com or whatever. I didn't know anything about blogging, and I just wrote this 
it's the first post on my site. Like you go to my site and go to like page 31 at the bottom. It's the first one I ever wrote. And I shared it on Facebook and like all of my friends started sharing it. <laughs> and it was like, it, you know, looking back on it, it was actually pretty decent for like somebody that didn't know anything about it. And I was like, man, I didn't even know I could write. Cause I hated English class. Like in college, I hated English in high school. Like I, I didn't know I had any of that kind of ability. And from there I just, you know, I started a blog and started fumbling around on it. And six months after that, I was so passionate about it that I, I literally just quit my job <laughs> when the blog hadn't made any money. And that was it, man. And then since then, that was a, that was June of 2015 that I did that. And so I'm coming up on almost two years now of being self-employed and it, you know, it's gone pretty well so far. I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely enjoying it so far. Uh, yeah, that's great. It's inspiring to hear. And uh, that's one of the things I love most about your story. So go, going back to, um, you know, meeting this 62-year-old mentor of yours, you know, I, I think um, a lot of people sort of have access to mentors or coaches or some or someone that could kind of guide them along the way. But I think you have that, you know, the second half of the equation where you're very coachable. And I think you've talked about this before in like other posts. But, you know, how much of the, the information that you took in, how much did that help you transition into you know self-employment and and how much of that transition was you know maybe just purely attributed to the income coming in from your side hustles you know having him his name's jim uh having jim as a mentor and and to be you know really one of my best friends now i mean that's invaluable because anybody that started their own business and especially quit their own job or whatever just to do the business full-time it's scary man like it is I've never been more afraid in my entire life than the night after I quit my job. I mean, I had a panic attack and I've never had a panic attack before. I mean, it was, I was a mess. And, uh, you know, just having somebody that can tell you like, Hey man, it's going to be all right. Like, you know, two years from now, you're going to be sitting back and looking at this and, and laughing about how, how worried you were, you know, that, <laughs> that was, that was helpful. And also the other things like the, the nuts and bolts parts, like getting my tax structure set up correctly uh, you know, going to an accountant and making sure that I'm doing all the right things, how to set up my LLC, uh, all of that stuff was, was stuff that he kind of walked me through uh, and I could bounce ideas off of him. And so that was, man, if you can go out and get a mentor, <laughs> and I know 62-year-old millionaires aren't just like walking around <laughs> ready to give you help all the time, but, it, you know, if you can find anybody that's had any success and pick their brain, then you're probably going to find that they're going to really want to give you the information because that's, you know, it's rare when young people come to them wanting that kind of information, I think. Yeah, well, well said. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, they, they don't really go out and seek older mentors, right? I think that that's one of the awesome things about your story that, you know, is both fortuitous, but you recognized it as an opportunity and you latched onto it. I think a lot of people, you know, they're around a lot of people with good advice, but they might not be listening or, you know, might not be asking the questions. And I think the fact that you latched onto that is just a huge, a huge lesson for, for everyone out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the biggest things I think people don't realize is successful people like to help other successful people or like to help them become successful. I, every, you know, the reason that I make the kind of money that I do now, I'm very fortunate to, is because I've had, you know, either somebody I did business with that was like, hey, you're a young entrepreneur, you did a great job for me, I'm going to get you more business. Uh, or, you know, let me share these tips with you. I mean, people like that that are successful will, if you're if you're receptive and you listen more than you talk, they'll share their, their wisdom with you. And I, and I think if, man, if, like I said earlier, if you could do that, if you could just find one person and pick their brain and listen, I mean, it'll change. 
Yeah, and then now, I mean, the the great thing about your blog is, you know, it's so, I think one of the reasons why, you know, you've just been so successful and, um, you know, you're just, you're, your writing is so accessible, it's so, um, it's so motivating, you know, one of the things you do a great job of is just really encouraging um, anyone who wants to launch their own business and it sounds like, you know, you, you've been able to give back, you know, some of that knowledge that's been given, given to you. And I have a question, um, how, how much had money had you saved when you kind of took that leap uh, in, into the unknown and what advice would you give uh, for, for other people who are thinking about, about doing the same? Yeah, I had saved, and this is actually, so when I paid off my debt, like that was, my wife and I didn't have our money mixed up. Like she was saving for our wedding. I was saving for, you know, I was putting the money away on the debt. <clears throat> and, uh, but when, after that, then we decided to kind of pool our resources. So we saved up about $50,000 when I was, I guess I was 25 at the time. And so that, I mean, just having that money wow. it, it was, that was the only reason that I was able to quit my job. And a funny story about Jim. So I was miserable at my job, not because I didn't like the employees or anything. I was just like, if you're a true like entrepreneur at heart, you feel trapped in a regular job. Like you just feel like you're suffocating. And so that's how I felt. And so I remember I was sitting in my car and I texted Jim and I was like, Hey man, I just added up all our money in our accounts. I've got you know 50 grand. And I was like, one more year, one more year, and then I'm going to quit my job. And he he texted me back, and he was like, you know, in the grand scheme of life, $100,000 and $50,000, there's not that much difference. And he was like, I really suggest you do it now. And it was about, you know, it was, I don't remember if it was the next day or the day after that, but that's when I went in and, and talked to my boss and was like, hey, I'm leaving. Um, because it's just like when somebody tells you something like that and they've got that much wisdom, I, you just, I feel like you got to act on it. <laughs> You know, and that's uh, not being afraid to make those kind of big decisions and really being a little bit too young to understand how big those decisions really were probably probably played in my favor a little bit. <laughs> so were you at, no, that's, that's awesome. And were you able to, uh, I mean, did you have to cut back on your, the lifestyle that you were living? It sounds like in order to save 50K, it sounds like you, you were pretty frugal from the start. Can you <laughs> talk a little bit about your lifestyle pre-quitting job and, and post, you know, launching, launching into your own? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, renting a room from, from the parents was, was definitely helpful. But I think one of the things I pound away on at the site is that you got to let your friends pass you up. And, and it's the hardest thing I feel like about being frugal or being, a, you know, into personal finance. Like when I graduated from college, me and my friends, my best friends from high school, like we were probably all making about the same amount of money, but they all had, nicer cars. <laughs> they all had, you know, they were buying houses. They were having kids, which I'm not saying, you know, put off kids. Um, but you know, they were doing all the going on vacations. They were doing all that cool stuff. And you know, my wife and I just didn't, I mean, I drove, a you know, an old pay, like paid off truck. My parents bought me a, a $12,000 car when I was in, uh, when I finished high school and I just kept driving that. And, uh, you know, even still, I mean, I, you know, I, I tell people how much I make anyway. So this year we'll probably make combined probably about $250,000 and we still drive. I drive a $6,000 car and she drives a, a $3,500 car. Yeah. So, you know, so it's like, it's like, there's a reason like you see these stories of these people uh, that, that have money or that, you know, are able to achieve incredible things. And, and usually there's like an extreme sacrifice or just a, a you know an unwillingness to, to finance things away or finance your life away with cars and stuff like that like you know so that was that was the biggest part we've just 
kind of stayed frugal. And what we did when I quit my job was I had, we just lived on her salary and we had, we didn't touch anything for me. And I didn't really even start paying myself from the company until about six months ago. And that was largely for tax purposes, just because my accountant told me I needed to start doing that. So, so I, I jumped in on that, but, um, we still, our plan is to, to keep living on my wife's salary for a long time and just rack up a bunch of money and, that's pretty much it. <laughs> wow, yeah, it sounds like a great plan. Um, especially, you know, while we're young, we can like compounding interest, you know, go to work and all that. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think there was a tweet you had a while back, um, something with that $6,000 car, something along the lines of, you know, you saw one of your friends with a $35,000 car and, you know, that $31,000 difference that explains why you have more, you know, more cash on hand. So, yeah. Same, you know, it, same principle. Yeah, it's true, man. I just, the car thing, I post the car posts I do on on the site are probably the most popular ones. They're easily the most polarizing because people attach uh, an image of themselves, I think, to their car that they drive, and a lot of that is just purely based on advertising. Car companies spend literally the GDP of Jamaica every year on car advertising in this country, and it's really effective and it's really good, and it hits people right in their kind of emotional soft spot. And so, cars, man. I think if you're a young person and you're if you could just not buy cars for the first decade of, of being employed, I mean, you're what's the average car worth? Dude, they're, like so they're so expensive. They're so expensive. Yeah, it's like seventy grand. It's like That's oh, I want a new loans. Ford truck. It's like sixty k base model. It's like yeah. wait, what? 60K? Dude, yeah, and that's and then so when people come to me and they're like, man, I, I really want to pay off my student loans, but they drive, you know, they drive a, a forty five thousand dollar car. It's like, well, there's your student loans. I mean, the average student loan and amount is like 35 grand. A lot of people have more than that. But I mean, if you just for the first decade of your life drive a crappy car, you're going to be out of debt. (laughs) So it's, I mean, it's sometimes, sometimes it's really that simple. But a lot of people, like I said, cars are very, very divisive. It hurts people's feelings a lot (laughs) if you talk about them and you, you, you talk poorly about cars. So, yeah. But I think that's one of the reasons that we've been able to get ahead so quickly. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I think the car kind of goes back to, uh, you know, what do we really value at the end of the day? So, uh, you know, kind of align what you, what you said earlier with, um, you know, now that your income's kind of gone up, you guys are expecting to spend the same. Um, can, can you talk a little bit more about that? Because, you know, I, I think a lot of people from the outside see this lifestyle of, you know, you, you're a blogger, you, you make money and you can travel, but yet you're still, you know, you probably have a lot of great habits maybe uh, in place or maybe you're, you know, trying to reinvest your money in the business, you know. Can you kind of hash out more of you know how you're handling your money now that you're location independent and kind of living a dream you know lifestyle that a lot of people would view? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I think as far as you mentioned putting money back in the business, that's been actually kind of my number one thing that I've been doing lately uh, because people don't realize like, they see a blog and they go like, oh, it's just a website, but man, there's there's legal stuff you have to do. Um, you got to pay a good accountant. You got to do copyright stuff. I mean, there's just there's a lot more that goes into it, advertising, all of that stuff. And so I think for me, it's been it, like even the new website I had the the website redone, which is recently. so dope, by the way. Yeah, so really dope. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And so you know that's several thousand dollars. So I mean, people think you know I think they see a, a website and they go like, oh, this is easy. But no, I think for me lately, it's been investing back into the company. Um, but our our new plan is actually to flip flop our incomes. Uh, coming up here in eh, probably in the summer, I would imagine, and we're just going to start investing all of my wife's income. And then uh, we haven't bought a house yet. And a lot of people don't realize this: when you become self-employed, uh, 
nobody wants to lend you money <laughs> for a mortgage. And so there's a two-year rule for most people when they're self-employed that um, we've been kind of biding our time and just saving up money. So the goal after that, and I'm not sure how we're going to handle this, but we're going to probably put a really big down payment on a house and then try to pay it off in like two years or maybe hopefully less than that and then just invest like crazy and, you know, hopefully be pretty wealthy by the time we're 35 or so. So are you keeping your money in cash until that time while you save up the down payment or what's... Uh... Not all of it, no. We've, so some of it's in, I've been putting it into uh, retirement stuff. Like, I mean, obviously maxed out retirement and, and that kind of thing. I do have... I do think that if you're self-employed that you should have kind of a larger than normal cash amount on hand. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that, it's not even for like a, like a really like a financial reason other than just being comfortable. Because I think if you're comfortable when you own a business, then you can make sound decisions with what you're doing with your money. So for me, we've, uh, we've kept that $50,000 when I quit my job, we've kept that as cash. And I know like people are listening to like, you're an idiot. It's depreciating, you know, in, in, uh, inflation's killing it, you know, and I, and I get all of that, but it's, it's allowed me to make the best decisions possible and grow my business really quickly. And so I think that there's kind of a trade off there. Yeah. I think a lot of people like to that point, um, yeah, they might, they might hate on that decision, but it's the best decision for you, right? It's what's allowed you to sleep at night. You know, it's obviously a psychological, uh, you know, that 50 K that you had when you started is, is still there and probably grown, grown quite a bit, uh, the other money you're saving. And so, um, totally makes sense. I think a lot of people, you know, just, just don't, make the best decision for themselves. In some cases, they try to do what other people do. And this is one of the biggest things I try to say is that, you know, don't try to do what I tried to do, you know, just try to learn from it and then, and then use it in your own life. Um, as opposed to just trying to, you know, look, look for the quick answer. Man, you know, that's a great point. And, you know, so I don't want to jump in and take too much of your guys' time, but like, especially for me, when the site started getting bigger, and I'm sure you guys have dealt with the same thing. Like you get readers, especially when you get like the big features, you know, like a, like the Forbes or the CNBCs or whatever. Yep. You get all these new readers that are like, well, I can't do what you did. Like, or they think it's bogus or it's, you know, they come up with all these like conspiracy theories of how you did stuff. And the, re- the reality is, is like, yeah, everybody's got different opportunities in life. And I think everybody has different things that they can kind of take advantage of. And I think too many people are looking for a template when there really isn't a template. Like there's guidelines, but there's not like a, you know, how do you, how do you quit your job and become a blogger and, and, you know, make 200 grand a year in less than two years? Well, I mean, I don't think there's a template for that, but I think if you do certain things and you can get close or you can at least go down the right path. So. Yeah. One of the things I have to say, I appreciate about you is that you, you know, very different than say a, um, what's his name, Pat Flynn or any of those guys. It's, it's, you're very honest about how hard it is. And the thing, the thing I really love is just, is just kind of the luck component. The thing is, you know, you got to have a good strategy and you got to have the, the desire and the drive, you know, and you also have to have some luck as well. Right. And, and you're very open yeah. and honest about that. And, and I really, I just want to say that I really appreciate that. Um, just kind of the realism. Cause a lot of people out there, they ask me too. It's like, Hey man, like, you know, how did you do this? And I'm going to, you know, they don't, they don't realize that kind of even the five, six years I spent building my wealth, it's all I did. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I was 25 and I wasn't going out or going to bachelor parties with my friends. I was hustling, you know, and it's the trade off. You can't, you know, it's, 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 and, but even I got lucky, you know, I was just part of the, 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 one of the biggest bull markets in history. Right. 
Um, yeah. I think that, that that's, that's, I really appreciate that you, you share that, you know, it's, it's really tough and it's not guaranteed, but you know, you got to get started. Um, well, you know, yeah, man, to expand on that a little bit, just the reason I think that I've done that, one of the things that actually legitimately keeps me up at night, I have people that email me that are telling me they're going to quit their job, uh, to oh, run the blog. Oh man. And that scares the, the crap out of me, dude, because it's, you know, I did it, but I also had that $50,000 cushion. Um, I had some, some talent, I feel like that maybe other people might not have. I don't know. That, yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Right, yeah, Dude, I mean, I could sell more stuff if I just said it's super easy. I could, I could tell everybody like, Hey, it's, it's really easy. And like, it's so passive and, and all that stuff. And, and I'd make more money. I could probably make twice as much money if I did that. But you know, there's real people on the other side of the keyboard, uh, that, that read your stuff and are really either inspired enough to to try it or inspire enough to like do the leap of faith without the right backing and all that. I mean, literally, uh, yes, no, no, two days ago I had two people tell me they were going to, one told me he was going to drop out of college for his blog and another guy oh, told man. me he's going to quit. So, you know, I'm, I always try to craft a, <laughs> a pretty strong email back to those people and just say, Hey, like, don't, <laughs> you know, make, you know, build it up to where it's don't do what I did because you know, the, the chance of failure is, is high. Um, and you know, try to build it up until it matches your income and then jump, you know, just, that just scares me, man. It, keep, it, it honestly keeps me up at night when people try to, when I, people email me about that stuff. So what would be like, uh, the top three, I mean, you've been writing about personal finance, uh, you know, for, for a couple of years now, you know, no doubt you spend a lot of your time thinking about money. Um, what are kind of the three tips that just really rise to the top that, you know, if someone just stopped by Millennial Money Man for, for a few minutes, you you, you would give them uh, when it comes to, to their personal finances? Dude, that's such a hard question because, like, <laughs> you guys sent me that question via email. And I've been, th- and I think it's a couple of days ago, I've been racking my brain for the past, like, three days. Like, man, what am I going to, which ones am I going to pick? Because we all talk about so many different things. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's tax seasons. So I got taxes on the mind and, like, all, all sorts of stuff like that. But I think the three just overarching concepts that I like to talk about a lot and I think are really important. I think you, you do or should at least try to pursue a second income stream yep. um, it, because man, it one, if you're a millennial, you probably know how to use the internet. And I'm a perfect example of like, I was a band director. I wasn't really into the internet at all, but if you really put the time in, you can learn how to make some kind of money online. And I'm not talking about 200 grand a year or a million dollars a year. Like I know people that sell that knit scarves and sell them on Etsy. Yeah, and, you know what I mean. Like, there's people that can do that kind of stuff, and so I think it. You know, if you're going home and like, you, and look, I mean, everybody has Netflix and all that stuff. Like, but if you're going home every night and that's all you do, and then you then you're not able to pay your student loans, or they're like in forbearance or something like that, or you know, you're you're upset about where you are. I think that you really need to focus on just trying to find some way to make money. Like another example, my mother-in-law. She, like, I go sometimes, I'll pick up furniture that other people throw out on the street, and she'll hustle it on eBay. And she's, like, 55 years old. So, like, you know, if if you're a 20-year-old and you can't hustle some furniture on eBay, you know, I I just, I don't don't believe that that's the case. So, I definitely a second income stream. And there's a good chance, and most people don't think about this, they get their degree or whatever, and they go out into the working world. It's a great chance you're going to hate your first job, and you're going to want to change. And it's not like you know, all instantaneous changes that you make when you quit one job and get another one. So extra income helps with stuff like that. So that's probably the, maybe the biggest one. I'm not sure if I'm going in which order I'm going in here, but 
Um, so the second income stream, and then I think you should be just obscenely aggressive about paying off debt. And that, everybody has different theories and thoughts about this. I just know, and this was my opinion on this was shaped by, and not to take the podcast in a dark place, but it's just, this is life. I mean, like by watching my father-in-law pass away the way he did, I mean, it got pretty ugly at the end because it was like, you know, death can be expensive and it's, it can be long, it can be drawn out and it can take a huge financial toll. But one of the coolest things he did was he left, they had paid off their house, they they had paid off their cars. And so when he passed away, he left, you know, a a place for my mother-in-law to live, um, money in the bank for her and, and just, you know, no debt, nothing like that. So no burdens. And so that's something that I want to do for, for my family someday and, and hopefully leave them a ton of money, but that's just part of life. And so I think that if you're really aggressive about your debt when you're young and you learn how to, how to, you know, destroy it or you know, demolish it or whatever, all the cool words we all use, but if you can learn to pay off your debt, um, you know, that's a skill that you'll have for the rest of your life. So I think that's really important. And then also the last one I kind of mentioned it earlier is just to let your friends pass you up, <laughs> like let them have nicer stuff than you. That's um, a huge one, man, man, it's, it's so big. And I, I hope my friends always feel bad. Cause I, I, I don't trash my friends cause I love my friends, but like just to make the financial point and just say like, look, you know, I, I still drive a crappier car than all my friends and I make twice as much money as them. But like, that's how you get ahead. You let all those people, like, don't, who cares what they're driving, man? Like, who cares what their, what kind of you know house they have or, or whatever? Like, what kind of vacation they want? And let them do that for five years. And, and then for you lay low for five years. And then for the rest of your life, you're going to have better stuff and go on better vacations. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, life is a lot longer than most young people think. And if you can just lay low for a couple of years, man, uh, life gets very, very good after that. Yeah, one of the things that I just, see recurring over and over uh in your work and in your tweets is you you just there's this level of gratitude um in just kind of your journey and just where you're at uh you know you seem both equally um just just grateful for 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 what you've accomplished but also uh just as eager and intense to to keep hustling can you talk a little bit about kind of the role that gratitude uh has 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 played in in your own in your own journey Sure. I mean, well, I mean, I tweeted out this morning that you know I was just happy to wake up. Yeah. And you know, every every day you wake up, you're in the bonus round because yeah, right. it, you know it's just life. I think is too special. Um, and, and I think that you know when you do see somebody that you care about a lot and they pass away, you can take it two ways. You can take it like to a dark place, or you can you can wake up every day and, and see it as a real opportunity. And I know that some of that sounds cliche or whatever, but it's true. Like I, I legitimately, I wake up every day and I, and I, you know, I'm like, Oh God, thank you for letting me wake up. And then I go about my business and, um, you know, I just try to, you know, it's not all about just making as much money as you can or anything like that. It's just, I'm grateful to be alive. So I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. And I, I recognize that being a person that can work from a computer wherever I want, all that stuff. Like I know how special and rare that is. Whether, you know, and I know I created that situation, but there's a lot of people that wish they could do that. And so I just, I just try to be very, very thankful that, you know, that I'm alive. <laughs> and that, that definitely helps. I think it drives, I think just having a positive attitude in general kind of drives success, but, you know, it just makes all the, all the things easier too. Like if you have a bad month in business or if like, you know, something goes wrong, it, it's just so much easier to not get bogged down with that. You know, just, if you're just positive, I mean, I, 
don't know. <laughs> and that kind of goes back to how you said before with, you know, 50K in the bank, you know, you get, you get that psychological benefit. Um, and yeah, I, lo- I love those three points you made earlier, you know, diversify income, you know, stay uh, obsessed almost about eliminating debt or maximizing your net worth any way you can um, and let your friends pass you by. So, so I guess the, le- the next question is, um, you know, what's next for Millennial Money Man? Um, what can people expect to see? Yeah. What's what's coming around the corner? Yeah, dude. Any any sneak peeks? Any? Uh... <laughs> uh, well, tomorrow my income report's coming out, but um, you know, for Did... what I've something I've seen, and, and I don't, it's different for every like influencer or whatever. But I kind of mentioned it at the open a little bit. Like, if something's working, uh, I think that you have to just keep doing that and keep pounding away. I've got a quote that I use on the side a lot. It's called pounding the rock. Uh, and basically, it's just like a stone cutter is cutting away at a rock, and he pounds it, uh, you know, for days and days and days, and it doesn't break. And then one day, he finally breaks it, and he realizes that it wasn't that one blow, but it was everything that came before it. Mm-hmm. So it's called the stone cutter's credo, and I, I love that. And so that's the way that I'm approaching the site. Like I put a lot of content on the site. I don't, I don't know. Um, some people told me like, like man, you do three posts a week, or you know, you do that much content, and but. To me, that's not even a lot. I mean, some people post five times a week. Um, so I'm just really I'm just going to keep pounding away. Uh, I want to do – I've been trying to have a lot more guest posters on. Um, I'm trying to – eventually, I'm going to create a course, and I'm not sure what like what the course is going to be because I have two segments of readers, like the bloggers and the, the you know normal, actual humans. And so I'm trying to create some kind of course for them. Some people have talked to me about a course for because I was a high school teacher, like a – doing a course for teenagers. And I think that would be something that I would probably pre- be pretty good at. So that'll be come down the pipe. And uh, other than that, man, I'm just trying to grow it. Uh, the goal is I want to make a million dollars a year from this site. And then I've got some other investing goals after that that I want to hit. And that's it. Hey, man, this has just been a real pleasure. Uh, you're such an inspiration. And it's it's exciting to... to you know, be in this game with you and, and beside you. And, you know, I think all of us together just, you know, pushing good financial ideas out into the world, you know, trying to inspire people and, you know, re- really appreciate this, man. It's just a, just been a great conversation. Yeah. And I was just going to say, yeah, killer interview. And, uh, you know, I, I love the, the part about your story is the fact that you had, uh, you know, you sort of went from, you know, no money habits to developing you know, 50k in savings to launch your side business, and now you know, hearing your investment goal, you know, your your next goals. It's just so exciting to see that that 180 transformation. So it's just yeah, really encouraging, exciting story. So yeah, thanks for uh, swinging by the show. Definitely appreciate it. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. So I, I look forward to, to talking to you guys more in the future. Thanks for listening to Millennial Money Minutes. If you liked this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe. If you want us to cover a specific topic, use hashtag MillennialMoney on Twitter or visit MillennialMoneyMinutes.com.